Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity hopping, Easter's on its way. Hello, this is Randy Moon, and welcome to the Holiday Moons Podcast, where we share our love for the holidays with you year-round. This is Beth, and I'm going to be talking about the movie, The Penguins of Madagascar. Yep, and we get to find out how that's holiday related. <laughs> we do, and I will talk about that more when it's my turn. Great. Well, this is Cole, and I'm going to be talking about the origins of the Easter Bunny, a very holiday-related topic. <laughs> yes, true. Oh, you get two thumbs up. <laughs> and this is Sydney, and I will be talking about Easter treats. Again, very holiday-related. <laughs> Cole is bitter. <laughs> Bit salty. Cole is, Cole is confused. <laughs> well, let me lay it out. Well, those, that'll be very interesting to hear how it relates to holidays. Yeah. And first, seasons. But first, we must talk about our own holiday happenings for this past week. Today is the very last day of February when we are recording this, February 2021. So I was wondering, how do you guys feel 2021 is going so far, two months in? I think it's going pretty well. We've had lots of snow, which we like to have snowy winters and cold weather. We do. So that's good. That's been fun. Yes. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Starbucks is still up, so that's good. <laughs> that's right. People are starting to get vaccinated. Yes. Yes. Yep. That that's two good. thumbs up. Yes. We have um, elderly parents in Pennsylvania, and they are getting vaccinated, and that makes me very happy. And I look forward to the rest of us being able to get vaccinated. It'll be nice when the majority of the population has the vaccine that will... Yes, and hopefully the year will, as the year goes on, we'll start to get back to normal. That would be lovely. It would be. As more of us get... But so far, I think given where we came from last year... Right. Uh, I think we're on upswing, and I think so far... We haven't been able to get together with friends and things like we used to, but at least uh, from a... I'd say from a weather perspective, it's been fun. Yep. From that perspective. Um, The other thing is that it is now full swing Easter. We finally took down our winter decor. So this is, again, being recorded the last week of February. That's a little sad for me. Yes, it was. It's it's hard for you to let go. It is. I really love winter, <laughs> yes. and I know that I'm not the norm. I know most people really love summer, so I understand that. But I'm really sad that we had to take all of our winter decor down. Yes, and we've put up our Easter decor, which takes up most of the space, but there is some like space for regular spring decor too, a little bit, anyways. Um, so we've got that up, but we do have our St. Patrick's Day stuff up too, mixed in with our Easter stuff. And I noticed we still have some Valentine's Day cards up. And we still have two Christmas trees up. And we have lights outside that we call winter lights. So we are <laughs> completely, yeah, completely holiday-filled here at the Moon household. We are. <laughs> yes, so that's fun. We also had a fun day yesterday looking for something for Sydney. That's right. That's right. Um, We were looking at apartments. We had looked for apartments previously. And two days ago, I found an interesting looking apartment. And as it turned out, um, yesterday they had openings for self-tours. So me, Dad, and Mom went yesterday and were able to look at the actual apartment. And um, I really liked it and was super excited, so um, I signed off on it. So it's now going to be mine. Yep. So like we did last year in April with 
Cole. Yep. We will be moving Sydney in March during a pandemic. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, into a new place. Now, uh, I think her move, although it's it's about an hour away, I don't think it'll be too hard. She's not moving a bunch of furniture. She's really getting new furniture. It's mostly all the other things that she's getting. It's just mostly the smaller things you need to bring with you. So I think it'll be several loads, but it's not like we're bringing large things of furniture. Right. Uh, but it'll be very fun. And I, and I was thinking as we're getting into March and into then into April... Are you looking forward to spring? It was kind of what I was thinking when I said, how do you think the first couple months have gone? But are you looking, are you ready for spring? Are you ready for this next phase of life for all of us? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm ready for it to stop snowing. Okay. And be warm so I can. I got to, uh, my girlfriend and I got to take a couple of long walks yesterday oh nice which was nice mm -hmm. um i didn't wear a coat she wore a coat because she gets cold an obsessant amount but yeah it was great to be able to go out and just enjoy walking around and have it be uh a nice tame kind of temperate yeah temperature yeah. outside yeah and that's something i'll be looking forward to doing when i'm in an apartment is to walk around during the spring months um I could technically do it here, but um, we don't have any sidewalks. We just have a road, and you know, you may run into cars or geese or stray dogs. You could so walk around the house. I could. Yeah, we do have land, yeah. but it's, it's not level. And no, it's it's not. It's yeah. but it's not up and down hills either. So yeah. I mean, city has a hard time going up inclines. <laughs> there are no inclines. <laughs> 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 If there's, a, if there's a slight breeze, it'll push her backwards. Yeah, the yard gets uh, wet, so it, does. it takes a little while sometimes to. So it'd be nice to have sidewalks for you. Exactly, and it's a nice. There's a nice amount of them there too. It's a, yeah. it's a big enough complex. A salty face. Yeah. So when I well, I'm planning to get a puppy when I move there, which is another fun spring summer um, activity as well. Mm -hmm. And so I'll get to walk yeah. the dog as yeah. well. So that'll and then be nice. By the time Christmas comes and you come to visit here, mm -hmm. the dog will be potty trained and yeah. it'll be all, it'll be so cute at Christmas. We can buy little Christmassy things. And the cats will love it. Oh, wait, no. The, I was really hoping hide. you would take <laughs> yeah. the cats with you and they would get used to the puppy while they are living with uh, you. No. Oh. Like how I took one of the cats. Exactly. She should take the remaining to, two. Right. He's been trying to show both on me. Yeah, or one. We'll keep autumn. You could take Gipper. <laughs> the one that Scratches claws the up the furniture. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, fun. So for the last, my last mini series. The moment we've all been waiting for. I know. I had talked about animals that thrive in the snow as a nod to winter, although these animals live in a winter climate um we went to the arctic and looked at polar bears in the arctic fox we went to antarctica wait what did you guys do all of this and what well, honey if you're well, new you live went, here you anymore went to the are you arctic, you went to the antarctic <laughs> yes. that's right and we talked about penguins and anytime you talk about penguins i think of one of my Happy very you know. favorite penguin movies the Penguins of Madagascar. Oh, I thought you were going to say The March of the Penguins. The movie. The Penguins of Madagascar, the movie. I like, one of I like that favorite. you say one of your favorite penguin movies. Like there's a list. That's a good point. What are your? What is your second favorite penguin movie? One of my favorite movies. There you go. Is 
And it is it's actually in my favorite movie drawer. It is. It is. Yeah. Uh, because it is but you're right. It's I think the only penguin movie that is my favorite. So Anyway, so I'm going to talk to you today about this awesome movie. If you haven't seen it, I highly suggest you do. It is entertaining on so very many levels. Just a little intro. Skipper, Kowalski, Rico, and Private are the names of the four penguins. And they are the world's renowned spy penguins. And they make their triumphant return through the spin-off of the Madagascar film series. And this is The Penguins of Madagascar, the movie. Yes, and to kind of preface this, this is a spin-off which excels beyond its source material. Right. So if you watched Madagascar and you weren't a fan, that does not mean that you're not going to be a fan of The Penguins of Madagascar. Good point. Because it's... It has a very different tone. It has a very different sense of humor. Um, I was not a huge fan of the Madagascar series, but watching this movie, it is one of my favorite movies as well. One of your favorite penguin movies? One of my favorite (laughs) penguin movies. One of the many penguin movies that I enjoy. Um, Uh, That's a really good point. But I think that's a good point to make, because there's a lot of people who didn't watch this because they weren't big fans of the Madagascar series. But it's very different tone character that kind of thing it is it went from being the supporting characters of the madagascar film series to playing lead characters in their in their own animated movie and it's funny because this there was a little synopsis that said these scene stealing penguins from madagascar are undoubtedly some of the most lovable characters in the animated world each of the penguins have distinct and strong personalities but they're better as a group especially under the wing of skipper the leader and i (laughs) wholeheartedly agree so, as Cole pointed out, these are the penguins of Madagascar are within the Madagascar movie universe. Universe. Thank you. Two thousand five was the Madagascar, Madagascar cinematic universe. That's right. Two thousand five was Madagascar. Two thousand eight, you had Madagascar two: Escape from Africa. In two thousand twelve, you had Madagascar three: Europe's Most Wanted. And then in 2014, we have Penguins of Madagascar. So I'm going to go on and just tell you a little bit about the plot. So spoiler alert, if you don't want to know anything about this, I don't know what you're going to do because skip, you skip, skip, skip ahead. Skip ahead. Skip ahead a little bit. Skip ahead a bit. So this is prior, the events of this movie are prior to the first Madagascar film. So it starts prior to the first film because we have the origin story of these four little penguins. Skipper, Rico, and Kowalski are chicks in a penguin colony in Antarctica. An egg rolls away from the colony and the trio rescue it from leopard seals. (laughs) Leopard seals. What does that make you think of? Nature snakes. Aren't snakes nature snakes? What do I know? I live in the flippin' tundra. Frozen tundra. (laughs) (laughs) These are all... Mom's going to be intermingling quotes, I'm I'm sure. I'm going to try not to, but they are so funny. Nature snakes. (laughs) Nature snakes. But they're set adrift on an iceberg. The egg hatches, and the trio name their new baby brother Private. So that is the beginning of the adventure. Then... The next thing that you see is 10 years later. 
So this is after the events of, I believe it's of the Europe's Most Wanted, Madagascar 3, Europe's Most Wanted. So this is after the third Madagascar movie now. So the penguins decide to leave the circus to celebrate Private's birthday by breaking into Fort Knox in order to treat him to a discontinued snack of cheesy dibbles in the vending machine of their break room. Okay, so many funny things right from the beginning. Their little origin stories, hilarious. Breaking into Fort Knox, also hilarious. Yeah, not for the gold, but because right. that's the only place you can get cheesy dibbles. Right. Right. For someone's birthday. For private. For private. That's right. Despite this, Private begins to feel out of place with the team. He wants to be considered a valuable member, and he's more like a mascot. He's so you know he's the little brother. He's, he's cute. cute he's yeah. sweet, and he is. He's very cute, very sweet. As Skipper is the leader, Kowalski is the strategist, and Rico is the arsenal. Suddenly, they're abducted into the machine sent to Venice, Italy. By Dr. Octavius Brine, a known scientist who removes his human disguise and reveals he is actually an octopus named Dave, who has grown jealous of the penguins after their nature of cuteness had shunned him out of every major zoo in the world. Rico devours Dave's collection of snow globes along with a canister of a green substance called the Medusa Serum before the four escape and are chased through the streets of Venice. <laughs> also very funny. Yes. So many funny things. <laughs> when cornered, they're rescued by a group of animals from a spy agency called the North Wind. Their leader is a wolf who's introduced as classified, although that's a description and not his actual name. A harp seal demolitionist named Shortfuse, Corporal, a polar bear, and Ava, an intelligence officer, Snow Owl with whom Kowalski is instantly smitten. Their mission, the mission of the North Wind, is to protect the animals of the world who cannot protect themselves. Now, the penguins take a little... um, Offense? Offense to this, because clearly they are rocking it as far as defending themselves. Yes, but um, the others consider them to be just penguins. Yeah, just cute little penguins. Yeah. So, at the hideout of the North Wind, their communication system is hacked by Dave, who reveals that he has an enormous supply of the Medusa Serum, and that he intends to capture the penguins out of every zoo he was kicked out of. Not wanting the penguins' help, Classified tranquilizes the penguins by darting them, and sends the group to their most remote base. But the penguins awaken mid-flight, and crash land in the Sahara Desert before making their way to Shanghai. They discover Dave's target, his next target, is Shanghai. They use Dave's snow globe collection, which Rico regurgitates. Yeah, projects. There's there's no vomit or anything. There isn't. It's almost like he's a a backpack for them. Like, he can just store things. That's a really really, good way to put it. Yeah. Because it really isn't anything gross about it. No. But he pops them all out out because he had swallowed them earlier and they realize that Shanghai is the next target. So the penguins ship themselves to to the current location. So they ship themselves thinking that they're sending themselves to Shanghai. They're already in Shanghai. So it takes like three seconds. Boop. They're there. 
and they make their way to the zoo. They have private disguised himself as a mermaid-tailed penguin because that's who Dave's next target is going to be. Dave the octopus. The octopus. Private ends up being captured along with the Shanghai penguins after the North Wind arrives to put a stop to Dave's plan. The penguins take the North Wind's high-tech plane to give chase, but accidentally self-destruct the machine. Okay, so they're not defenseless necessarily, but they're not great at what they do either. <laughs> it's, it's quite <laughs> haphazard. The North Wind and the penguins manage to track Private to an island using a device planted on him when Classified tranquilized the penguins. So he tranquilized them, he put little... I guess, like, microchips in them to be able to... Um, to track them? Yeah. yeah, to be able to track them. Rude, but useful. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the island, Dave demonstrates his way to genetically mutate the penguins into hideous monsters as an effort to make humans disgusted in them as revenge. So he doesn't want to kill the penguins. He wants to mutate them so they're repulsive because that's how they made him feel when he kept getting kicked out of the zoo and... Pl- they were, they took his zoo accommodations. Yeah, and just to clarify, the the penguins themselves never took it. It's usually the it, it's the people's love of penguins. Right, penguins didn't purposely shove out Dave. No, it just was um, a side a side effect or something like that as a result of people's love of penguins. Dave right. was just shoved to the side. Right, so they would they would come to a zoo, mm-hmm. and Dave would get shoved aside right. or sent to another zoo. So, yeah, they had no idea that this was even happening. Yeah. So, Skipper and Classified argue on the best means to rescue the captives and stop Dave settling on Classified's plan of a frontal assault. Now, the North Wind, Classified and his group, are quickly captured, and the other penguins are as well. Dave demonstrates his ray at full power on Private, apparently disintegrating him with the beam. But unbeknownst to them, he escaped. Private rescues Classified in the Northwind unit who want to regroup, but Private does not want to leave anyone behind and goes to stop Dave and save his brothers. As Dave's submarine docks at New York with the promise of returning the penguins he found at the zoos, he turns the rays on the rest of the penguins, mutating them all into hideous monsters. The city erupts into chaos as the uncontrolled mutated penguins run amok on the terrified human crowds. Getting the senses back into Skipper, Kowalski, and Rico, because that's part of the damage that this ray does that kind of sends them into kind of a crazy place. Private decides to connect the machine to return them to normal. He can do this by trading his cuteness, which counteracts the Medusa serum. Dave jumps into the path of the machine and is turned into a baby-like version of himself, while the others attach his snow globes, which Rico had regurgitated earlier, to the machine to radiate the light everywhere, returning all the penguins back to normal in one shot. Very clever. Private is left mutated from the machine, while the rest of the penguins are restored to normal. Private has been tinted pink and grown antlers. Despite his strange new look, the penguins show their gratitude and newfound respect for Private. Dave has also been made cute by the ray and stuck in a snow globe where he is admired by a little girl. 
Before being shaken. Before being shaken, which he deserves. Finally, <laughs> seeing one another's equals, classified promises to grant the penguins anything they want. And the penguins, being who they are, choose jetpacks. Yes. And they fly off into the clouds looking for their next adventure. In mid credit scenes, the penguins return to the circus and plug Mort, who is super cute, into the ray and use him to revert private back to normal. Mort doesn't appear to show any side effects from the ray until he manages to swallow King Julian whole when King Julian is bothering him. Okay, so that is a rundown of the plot. There's so many fun things in it. It's hard to even, like, as I was reading through this, a billion things were going through my head of the funny parts of this. Mm-hmm. So... The stars are Tom McGrath as Skipper, the voice of Skipper, Christopher Knights as Private, Conrad Vernon as Rico, Chris Miller as Kowalski, John Malkovich as Dr. Octavius Brine slash Dave the Evil Octopus. I thought that was interesting that John Malkovich was the that voice. The supporting cast includes Ken Jong as Short Fuse, which is a harp seal with a Belgian accent, the explosive expert for Northwind. Benedict Cumberbatch as classified, a wolf with a British accent, the leader of Northwind. Peter Stormare as corporal, the polar bear with a Norwegian accent, the muscular Northwind agent. Annette Mahendru, and I'm not sure if I'm saying that correctly, so I apologize, Annette, if yeah, you're listening you are. to this. As Ava, a snow owl with a Russian accent, who's the analyst for the North Wind. Which, so it's funny, the supporting cast is much more well-known yeah. actors. Maybe not um, Annette Mahendru so much, but Benedict Cumberbatch, Ken Jeong, mm-hmm. and Peter Stormare are oh, pretty yeah. well-known yeah. actors. Been in many things. They are. So I'm going to just run out a couple interesting little fun facts for you about this movie. The Penguins almost got cut from the first Madagascar film. So according to Tom McGrath, the Penguins of Madagascar almost got cut from the the first Madagascar film due to their short-lived appearance in the film. However, their short-lived appearance also helped the producers expand their characters and story. Through the other two Madagascar films, 80 episodes of an animated TV series, 10 video games, and their own movie. Isn't that interesting? It is. And they aren't in it very long, but they are scenes, like a scene stealer kind they of are. character. They are. They are so funny. They are actually Adelie penguins from Antarctica. There are two types of penguins that live exclusively in Antarctica. So in Antarctica, there are two species of penguins that live exclusively there. The emperor penguins and the Adelie penguins. There are six other types of penguins that live both in Antarctica and sub-Antarctica, and that means north of Antarctica, out of the Antarctica circle itself. So like here, because we're north of Antarctica. (laughs) No. Sub-Antarctica, just north of Antarctica. (laughs) The Adelie is the littlest species of penguin in the Antarctic. It might look cute and a bit clumsy on land, but don't be fooled, these birds are feisty. They've been known to take on potential predators, seals or large seabirds, or even attack visiting researchers with their flippers. With their flippers? <laughs> yeah! Like their beaks are the hard thing. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of small. Their flippers, they, their flippers, I guess, extend faster, so farther. They, so they smack? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, that would be um, hilarious and adorable if you were researching and this little penguin came running over to you and started smacking you. I know. Your boots. Yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, you're you. Aren't you so cute? Look at you. So, Adelie. I guess it would be less fun if there was like a horde of 50 smacking you. <laughs> less fun then. Dave the Octopus's direct orders to his octopus cronies incorporate a celebrity's name. Quite a number. Yes, that's yes. hilarious. He says, he says, Drew, Barry, more power for Drew Barrymore. Anthony and Michael, haul them away for Anthony Michael Hall. Nicholas, cage them for Nicholas Cage. Charlize, Theron the Ray for Charlize, for Charlize Theron. Hugh, Jack, man the battle stations for Hugh Jackman. And it goes on. Mm-hmm. It's just really cute. There's so many in there. I think there was one that said like... um, Kevin, bake on. We're still going to need that victory cake. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Sydney, you, like, did it perfectly. I didn't hear Kevin, we, bake on. We're and still going to need that victory With the chef's hat on. And he's baking his <laughs> cake. Baking his cake is so cute. Skipper's orders in one of the scenes was, Don't shoot until you see the whites of their eyes, which is an 18th century military command most famously given by William Prescott at the Battle of Bunker Hill, Massachusetts in 1775. Many people think Benedict Cumberbatch's animated character classified as a husky, and I actually did too, but he's really a wolf. So, and it says a wolf in many of these things. I keep saying wolf, but when I watched the movie, I actually I thought it was a husky. Yeah. Classified, the wolf, is left-handed, which is a nod to his left-handed character voice, Benedict Cumberbatch. Despite playing a major role in this movie about penguins, Benedict Cumberbatch has a difficulty pronouncing the, the word, word penguin. Yeah. Penguin. I listened to a documentary talking about, he said, Penglings, penguins. Penguin. Penguin. That's how he pronounces it. And well, he pronounces it, it a bunch of different ways, and they're all wrong. Oh, is that not part of his character, or is it no, part of his character? No, it's just <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Because he's done other things, other yeah. media, where he's tried to talk about... The peng- penguins. Penguins. <laughs> That's so funny. Or, but pe- it, or penguins. But it fits his character, though, at the same time. Right, no, but it's not his character. Yeah, that's so it's funny. just Benedict Cumberbatch. He just can't pronounce penguin. <laughs> <laughs> it is it's just funny because it just it's become this like humorous little side note thing. Yeah. And Benedict Cumberbatch attended his first Comic Con due to this movie because of voicing this character. 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 Yeah. I think the fun thing about this movie is if you're watching it as a family and your kids are young, you'll you can appreciate it as an adult. Your kids can appreciate it. And if you keep watching it like year over year, your kids, as they grow older, will find new things um, in there. I know for us, we can quote the movie now together in certain circumstances, and we all know what we mean, and, and we laugh at different right. things from it. Yeah, yeah. and as, as the kids grow older and learn more things, right. they see the different more. references mm-hmm. make more sense. Right, yeah. yeah. It's definitely, I've heard... I've heard people say, oh, it's just, it's too madcap, it's too fast. But I did not find that to be true. I found this to be very clever, a very yeah. clever, fun movie for the whole family. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, let me think of a transition for that. <laughs> <laughs> Penguins, birds, eggs, Easter, Easter bunny. Boom! There we go. Done. Wasn't organic or smooth, but <laughs> here we are. So, every year, we are visited... Uh, in our homes or nightmares by the Easter Bunny. <laughs> Hopefully, home. For me as a child, it was the latter. I was not. 
Because in my mind, when I was a little kid, the Easter Bunny wasn't like a little bunny, like Peter Cottontail. It was like the mall Easter Bunny yes. coming into my house. Yeah. So I never wanted to come out of my room, not because I wouldn't <laughs> get eggs, but because there was a man-sized, <laughs> terrifying, like anthropomorphic bunny in gotcha. my house somewhere. That's where my mind went as a child. So we should have clarified the Peter Cottontail version. Yes, you definitely should have. Yeah. Very clearly. Even though we watched a bunch of shows that clearly showed how cute Peter Cottontail was. But the the mall bunnies was what I thought of. Because that's the real one you saw in person, right? In person, right. So that stuck with me more. But to most people, the Easter Bunny is much more cute, a fuzzy, happy friend who brings you treats every year. Right. In a basket. A little dog, a, a cute, songs. fluffy woodland creature. But uh, it is interesting because Easter, the religious holiday, does not have much of anything to do with bunnies. Yeah, I would go as far as to say. Would you mm. agree? Yeah, yeah <laughs> not, nothing. That I, can yeah. I don't really think of bunnies as yeah. So there's actually a good bit of history behind the mythical story of the egg-bearing rabbit on Easter Sunday. He has a long and deeply rooted history in the Christian holiday and even in pagan traditions. Um, like a lot of Christian holidays, kind of adopting pagan traditions into local traditions into uh, the way that the holiday is celebrated. The Bible does not mention a mythical hare who delivers eggs to children on the day of Jesus Christ's resurrection. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> yep. That's true. So one theory, according to time, is that the symbol of the rabbit stems from the ancient pagan tradition believed to have started the celebration of Easter, the festival of Iostre, which is honoring the goddess of fertility and spring. And what's a great animal symbol of fertility? The rabbit. The rabbit. Yeah. Because rabbits like to multiply. Yes, they As do. we know from uh, Zootopia, they made a... Rabbits like to multiply. <laughs> Joke. Again, another good movie. And, yep. You might know it from other places too, besides Utopia. <laughs> about the whole rabbit. Oh, about the whole rabbit. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a common uh, kind of phrase. Yes. yes. Kind of phrase. Yes. But the specific character of the Easter Bunny originated in America. And it was first brought over in the 1700s by German immigrants in Pennsylvania who reportedly brought over their tradition of an egg-laying hare named Osterhase, or Osterhaus. As the story goes, the rabbit would lay colorful eggs as gifts to children who were good, so the children would make nests in which the bunny could leave his eggs, and would even sometimes leave out carrots in case the hare got, uh, got hungry. So once again, the Germans... The Germans brought over some stuff <laughs> with them. Yeah. Their Germans traditions. are awesome. They're very celebratory. They are. They're very celebratory. But why does the Easter Bunny bring eggs? Any any ideas? For spring? It's a good guess. But we'll find out together as I'm reading this. <laughs> uh, rabbits are mammals, and thus give birth to live young and not eggs, because they are not platypuses. That's true. Platypi. Platypi. I've heard of other ways. Um, you might be wondering why exactly the Easter Bunny is said to lay eggs on the holiday, and the answer is as simple as the fact that the eggs, like the rabbit, 
are a ancient symbol of fertility, rebirth, and new life. All things associated with springtime and that festival of Yelstra. And I don't, I know, I don't ever think of the Easter Bunny as laying eggs. I think of it as bringing eggs. Yeah, no, traditionally it laid the eggs. Really? Yep. Weird. Okay. I well, know. that's like the Cadbury egg um, candy. That's kind of like the their thought process as well. The the origin of the Easter Bunny. Mm-hmm. The bunny laid the Cadbury eggs. Yeah. Well, oh. yeah. wow. weird. From the Christian perspective, eggs for Easter are said to represent Jesus' resurrection and emergence from the tomb. According to History.com, the tradition of decorating eggs for Easter may date back all the way to the 13th century, where eggs were traditionally a forbidden food during the Lent season, which is why people would decorate them as the fasting period came to an end, and then eat them as a way to celebrate Easter Sunday. So it was a way to kind of illuminate them, and then... Illuminate them as a way to celebrate springtime and uh, Jesus' rebirth, and then eat them when you're allowed to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, today, Easter Bunny is traditionally a white rabbit costume with long ears and often wearing clothes in human-like fashion. So, yep. Peter Cottontail with his little like waistcoat and. Yep. Um, he can typically be found at Easter parades and other celebratory events for the holiday, carrying a basket filled with colorful eggs that he delivers does not lay in nests that we make for him. And if you think about it, the baskets themselves are like they nests. Are. Yeah, they yeah. are like they are. nests. We put um, grass them. in yeah. them. and yeah. Um, yeah, we make we, them like little nests. We do. So yeah. that's kind of carrying the evolution of that tradition, kind of moving into different aspects of the way that we celebrate it now. So it's not actually that there are some things that we've talked about on this podcast that are very complicated in their origins and very often grim, dark in their origins. Yeah, um, that's true. Cough lemonade. Yep. But <laughs> I am uh, I am happy to say that the Easter Bunny is not one of those particular things. It is uh, relatively good. simple, um, but it is interesting that a bunny is not always the thing that brings Easter eggs in other countries outside the U.S. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Um, The bilby, a rabbit-like marsupial, delivers eggs in Australia. Yep. And other animals include the Easter cuckoo in Switzerland. And in some parts of Germany, there's an Easter fox or an Easter rooster. Easter fox is cool. Yeah. Normally, um, foxes like swipe Easter, things. I like Easter Bilby more. <laughs> I know. Easter, did you remember learning about that when you guys were growing up? Yeah, that I was do, so fun. Yeah. yeah. They would have, like, chocolate Bilbies and stuff. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But as the Easter Bunny or Bilby or Rooster is bringing you <laughs> eggs this year, you can now appreciate the fact that he is bringing them and no longer laying them. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And I guess the, I guess the hiding, like, after the Easter Bunny takes your basket, puts eggs and other treats in there, mm-hmm. and then he hides it. Maybe that's like hiding the egg, the nest from predators. Yeah. Yeah, this is all speculation at this point. Maybe, maybe. But, <laughs> maybe. Especially maybe. because our Easter Bunny always but really that, liked to hide the That is a good point, too, is that um, traditionally it only brought eggs, but now it brings eggs and all numbers of Easter treats. That's, that's right. right. Yes. And yummy treats. 
That's right. And you don't have to just rely on the Easter Bunny to bring you treats. You can make your own treats. <laughs> That's right. And even give it to the Easter Bunny. Mm. Is that Easter Bunny sacrilege, though? No. <laughs> okay. So just who knows sure. what the Easter Bunny will bring? So why not right. make some of your own? Yes. And, yeah, exactly. And maybe give some to the Easter Bunny themselves. True. That's true. Share, share in the bounty. Okay, so the first one is called the Peep Fruit Kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> where you choose um, different fruits, such as cantaloupe, pineapple, grapes, strawberries, etc. And you put them on a kebab, and in the middle of the kebab, you put like an Easter peep or a um, peep bunny. Oh, that's a cute idea. Yeah. And then you roast it over the fire? No. Oh. You just eat it. Like with the fruit. So, you know, it's so completely healthy. So. <laughs> I was going to say, so you get fruit and you get a One sweet could, treat. in theory, just not do the kebab at all and just eat all these things separately. <laughs> yes, but it's fun to put them all it's together. Cute. And it's cute. It's cute. It's cute. Yeah. yeah it's it seems like a kind of like a party fun yes, thing to yes. so like put out peep yeah. kebabs. Yes. Peep fruit kebabs. For like a, <laughs> yeah, like if you had to bring something over to a family um, brunch or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That might be a really fun little thing to bring. Mm-hmm. Another thing is chocolate-covered strawberries, but you um, you take white chocolate and melt it and then put orange coloring in it. Yep. And then you dip the strawberries in that. So then they look like little, little carrots. Little, little, little chubby carrots. Chubby carrots. That's funny. Yes. That is funny. So that's a really easy and cute and yummy way um, to make treats for Either yourselves or... That's a cute idea. Yeah, or for um, an event or family. Another really cute idea I found was um, you get, like, those hollow... So you know how, like, you'll get a, a chocolate bunny from the store and bite into it and be disappointed that it's hollow? <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay, you want them for this case. Oh, okay. okay. So you take off... So you cut off the ears. I know it seems rude, but <laughs> you cut off the ears... And pour, like, chocolate milk, or in this case, they, I think, combine chocolate milk with alcohol, but, um... <laughs> okay, this just went into a strange place. No, but, um, you, you put chocolate milk in it, and then a fun straw, and then it becomes, like, a fun little drink. Oh, that's okay. funny. So, I imagine you could put, like, a small hole in the top of one of the you ears, could. and could. use, like, a turkey baster or something mm-hmm. to kind of, if you wanted to keep the shape... Right. A little more, Of yeah. the ears, yeah. Right. Or just put a, col- a hole in the base of, of the, the neck or yeah. something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now... Then it's like spinal fluid. Lovely. <laughs> Ew. Um, but I thought this was super cute and super creative. Yeah. The only thing I would say is um, if you have kids, I'm not sure if this would be the greatest thing because if they... Because um, alcohol? No, because if they <laughs> crush... It will be like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. This is this is more for like an Adult. older fun yeah. treat. Yeah. And I don't yeah. know how long they last either, so... Yeah, because if you put milk in there, you would think it would be eating away at the, yeah. the sides yeah. of the chocolate. So it would have to be like an immediate area. thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would have to be like so, from the fridge immediately yeah. to if the If you have counter. kids or very clumsy friends or a very clumsy <laughs> significant <laughs> other... I'm salty. My girlfriend just spilled a bunch of stuff in my house. Oh, that's so, so funny. I would not be giving one of these to her. That's uh, funny. Um, you can make chocolate chip cookies and combine pastel-covered Easter M&Ms yep. in the cookies. Oh, yeah. that's a, I think that's a, that's a cute kind idea. of an Easter classic. Yeah. Yes. yes. Very um, simple, but very colorful and fun. And people won't say no to it if they see it at a party. Oh, no. Right. Yeah, yeah, no. You can also make um, cinnamon sugar bunnies, Ooh. which is basically you take, um, looks like um, pastry pastry um, dough, 
and you put like butter and cinnamon on it and roll a certain way and then make it into like a bunny shape. They okay. have all kinds of different. Um, so it's like a cinnamon bun bun. Yeah. <laughs> like a little cinnamon twist. That's so right. that reminds me, my mom <laughs> used to make, um, it wasn't cinnamon, it was just the rolls, dinner rolls, dinner rolls for um, Easter dinner. Mm-hmm. She would uh, make the dough from scratch and rise it and then she would take pieces of it and make it into little bunnies. Uh, and what did she call them? Bun buns. Weren't, I did, weren't they bunny buns? The what? Weren't they bunny buns? I think they were just bun buns. <laughs> <laughs> I am bun bun. I just used to laugh. That was such a cute idea. Either way, bunny bun or bun bun. And if my brothers are listening to this, th- no, this was not something special she made just for me. You just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> right, just to clarify. Another thing that you can make, and this isn't a sweet, this is um, for those savory um, lovers. You can make deviled eggs, but instead of making it the usual way, you take an egg, put it like um, standing up, a hard-boiled egg, and cut off the top, like take the top out the quarter. inside, and then when you put it back in, you make it look like a chick is peeping out of the egg. Oh, that's cute. And then that's you can cute. put um, like little carrots or something. Um, like for the, ne- for the like nose. Like a little beak. And, and for the... Um, for the Toes, and then put something black for the eyes. Probably like little um, black olives. Like little pieces, pieces of, of black yeah. olives yeah. for the eyes. Yeah. So that's something super cute. Or like a little dark chocolate or something like that. It's a deviled egg. Yeah, I know. You can take them out and eat them. Much, but, um, I love <laughs> deviled eggs. Yeah. Um, and let's see. And another one I thought was cute like was Easter dirt cup. So this goes back to um, the classic dirt cup with... Um, Crumbled up with pudding, crumbled up Oreo cookies, and you put like whatever you want in there. So peeps, something that looks like a little carrot. You could put your chocolate covered uh, strawberries in there that look like carrots. So just have fun with it. That'd be a good idea. um, In fact, you could make that an activity for your kids. If you said, "Here's your cup. I'm going to give you the dirt cup Mm -hmm. with some room, and then you can create little scenes. If you have peeps in it and some like little accessories." Good idea. Yeah, making the children. Do extra work, That's but right. make it seem fun. Like when I said you can uh, enlist a snowman making contest with only the snow on your driveway. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That's right. And last but not least, um, you can make it a normal sandwich fun by getting cut out like bunny shapes and making bunny sandwiches, like with cookie cutters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And eggs. So you could do bunnies, you could do egg shapes, mm-hmm. yeah. And flowers, like, yeah, you could do all yeah. kinds of things. And you cut off the crust, which right. when I was a kid, I didn't like the crust, so my well, mom would cut it off. Well, strange. I know. You're not necessarily <laughs> cutting off the crust, you're making, taking it like a cookie cutter. Yeah. And yeah, cutting but down then the crust. The crust is gone. The crust is gone, yes. Um, it's funny, I also did not like the crust, but I always took it off and then ate it, and then ate the sandwich without it. Because <laughs> I guess you instilled in me not to waste the food. So I just always saved my favorite food for last. <laughs> well, that's funny. I don't yeah. remember ever so, saying that. There are all kinds of um, special well, Easter treats. There are all kinds of Easter treats online. You can look on Pinterest. You can just Google some. So um, look oh. them up. I'm sure Pinterest is a treasure trove of all kinds of yep ideas. Ideas. Yes. And, so depending on yeah. your situation, what you're going to, or if it's just me, you, and your immediate family, or you and your extended family or friends. Yeah, check it out. Yeah, very fun. All very fun things. Thank you for those topics today and leading into Easter. Our future festivities 
are not quite to Easter yet. They're week of March 15th. March 15th is National Napping Day. Oh, I like that. March 16th is National Panda Day. March 17th, St. Patty's Day. St. Patrick's Day. March 18th, National Awkward Moments Day. I'm not sure if that's related to the previous day of St. Patrick's Day and what happened there. Not yeah. sure. March 19th, Let's Laugh Day. I would think that that would come after St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it is after. I mean, the day after. Yeah. Maybe yeah. laugh. Yeah. March 20th, Spring Begins. Ah. March 21st, Common Courtesy Day. As always, you can follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at Holiday underscore Moons and on Instagram at Holiday Moons, one word. On Facebook, you can find us by searching Holiday Moons in the search bar. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. And you can email us at any time at HolidayMoons at gmail.com. So for Randy, Beth, Cole, and Sydney, Happy spring comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity-hopping, Easter's on its way. Bring in every girl and boy, baskets full of Easter joy, things to make your Easter bright and gay. He's got jelly beans for Tommy, colored eggs for Sister Sue, there's an orchid for your mommy, and an Easter bonnet too. Oh, here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, hippity-hoppity, happy Easter day. Here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail, look at him stop and listen to him say. Try to do the things you should, maybe if you're extra good, he'll roll lots of Easter eggs your way. You'll wake up on Easter morning and you'll know that he was there. When you'll find those chocolate bunnies that he's hiding everywhere. Oh, here comes Peter Cottontail, hopping down the bunny trail. Hippity-hoppity-happy.